Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Master Your Mental Podcast. If you are new here, my name is Paris, and I am the creator and host of the Master Your Mental Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here to tune in and hear my amazing guests and I describe the ways we can leverage and shift our mindsets to take the best possible care of our mental health. I launched the podcast as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for this all stemmed from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and my MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I launched Master Your Mental to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. You guys might be wondering, what does the mental stand for? Well, it stands for mindset, engagement, nutrition, talk about it, accountability, and love yourself. These are all the building blocks that make up what Master Your Mental is all about. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on any one of my social media platforms you guys can find in the link in my bio on my Instagram at master your mental. Now let's get into the episode guys. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode. I want to make this before we get into the episode as always to let you guys know why I wanted to record this episode for you. And as you can see, we're getting into spiritual healing today. And the reason for this is because this is a topic of something that has been extremely helpful, not only for my mental health, but the mental health of others who I've spoken with and had conversations with in terms of tapping into deeper levels of things that have been you've been confronting, whether those be challenges, obstacles, past traumas, getting into the nitty-gritty of that and diving deeper into those to really be able to have a better understanding and awareness of how to move forward from this these kind of things. So I'm bringing on somebody who is going to be able to dive all the way into this topic with you through her story and more in depth into what she has done personally to overcome a lot of different obstacles and challenges and to come out very successful on the other side in terms of these different areas. And of course, before we get into it, I need to thank you guys for being here and tuning in and listening to the podcast. And I want to say thank you. And one of the biggest ways that I say thank you to you guys is for leaving me reviews on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, you can head over now and leave me a review. I wanted to read one off for you guys from that this one was left for me five stars by Jared. And he said, so real and inspiring. Can't wait to hear more. He said, I recently started listening to this podcast and look forward to having Paris on my louder now podcast. I also started her book. Both the book and this podcast are great, very clear and direct, full of practical insights into the mind and the body. I love what I have heard so far, and I can't wait to hear more. Keep up the good work and look forward to hearing more from you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jared, for that review. And you guys, again, if you haven't already, I would love to see your feedback. You can go head over, if you're not already there, to Apple Podcasts and leave me a little review, five stars, whatever you want to say and share with me. I would really appreciate it. And it means so much. And we're going to be diving into all things spiritual healing right now on the podcast. So let's get into it. 
Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Master Your Mental Podcast. As you guys can see, we are diving into all things spiritual healing today. And of course, I am not alone here. I have the beautiful and multi-talented Britt Shane with me to break this down. Britt is an amazing person. I actually had the pleasure of meeting here in Arizona through a very cool organization called the Arizona entrepreneurs. Britt is a mastermind behind Space Face, Arizona Beauty Co., an entrepreneur consultant, spiritual coach, and motivational speaker. And I have had the pleasure also of watching Britt dive into her story on stage at the Just Grow podcast live event, also hosted here in Arizona as well by the incredible Nick Arapkiles. But before I say too much, I want to introduce you guys to Britt so she can take the stage and break down what spiritual healing is all about how she got into it, how it catapulted her life to breathtaking heights, and how you can get started. So without further ado, welcome Britt Shane to the podcast. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> can I just keep you with me all the time and you can just say before I enter every room? You just yes, <laughs> the hype girl. The hype girl. Here. I was like, okay, it. let me live up to that hype. Let's hey, go. Hey. Oh no. Oh no. We're gonna get we're gonna get it today, you guys. But no, I'm super excited. And before we go ahead and dive on into this, I would love to know this answer from you. I'll always I always mm. love seeing what people say. So if you could tell us what is the number one thing that lights you up like none other in this life? Mm, I love that. Um, my instant thought is to know that something that I've done said, or my existence has deeply impacted someone's, someone else's life. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such an important, incredible thing to know. Um, and I'm sure you have people in your life that you've probably helped that maybe haven't even verbalized to you how much of an impact that you've made. And I think it's so important and powerful when someone says, you know, because you were born or because you breathe, it puts tears in my eyes, like, because you're here, my life got better. And so I, man, like, I don't think that there's anything possession wise or experience wise that quite does that, you know? No. And I just hearing you say that resonates so much with me, especially the part you brought up of the people who haven't expressed that right. Mm -hmm. Or haven't. Cause I feel like when you get it, you know, you'll all, all through different mediums, right? Like people will send you a text or a DM or a call or a voice message or in person and say, Hey, you know, this thing that you did or created or talked about, you know, really helped me through this or gain a better understanding. And honestly, like that is exactly how I feel. And I literally like, cause it's, it's so true. Like to know that what you're, what you're doing is having a impact on someone else's life in a way that they probably haven't had the opportunity to get access to yet, you know, through different mm -hmm. things they've tried out. So that's really what I, I really admire in you and just seeing that in you, especially at the, at the just grow event too, like where you really were just up there completely vulnerable, sharing your story. And that's another thing that I admire too, is the strength to do that because it is definitely very difficult to get into topics that you were willing to explore when it comes to different things like trauma, depression, overcoming different things mm -hmm. that were traumatic in childhood to really begin the work of spiritual healing. So if you could kind of take us on the, like a little journey, like what did, what did your journey look like to coming across spiritual healing and what has that been like? That's a, yeah, that's <clears throat> a really good question. So I am 34. I have 
loved <clears throat> spiritual healing since I was very little. I always was a super weird kid and call it because it was movie, you know, the movies that I was watching or whatever. I just always thought that I could do magic since I was very little, which is so unhinged now in my life to think about how convinced I was. I would hold things in my hand and I think, you know, I know that I can make this float. I know it. You know, I'd stare at my door and just imagine that I can make it slam. And that never happened. So, um, but I did learn that the power of my thoughts and my feelings could shift my reality. And I feel like I started getting really into the woo-woo stuff, as people would call it, when I was in elementary school, because I always would know things that other people wouldn't know. So people's names or my parents would play this game with me. I don't even know if we talked about this at the podcast, but they would take playing cards and it was either my parents or my baby. I can't remember because I was young, young, like elementary school. And they would flip the card. Then I would guess the card and I would guess the card and I would guess the card. So it got to the point where they'd say, guess our waiter's name, you know, and then I would get it. Or we'd drive into a new neighborhood. And I remember my stepmom saying, okay, Miss Psychic, which house is ours? So that is in everyone, that psychic gift. But what happens is trauma, pain, sadness, you know, as you know, like mental health, things like that. It really clouds your ability to hear. And so when I got a little bit older and I, I probably turned off, let's say I turned that gift down. I dialed it way down to survive high school um, because just like everyone else, I wanted to be included and popular. And I, I was such a weirdo. I was I, and I am a weirdo now, but in a way that's now trendy. Right. So um, <laughs> when I got after college, I realized, wow, you know, I feel very disconnected. I don't feel like there was a period where I had trauma. I had the loss of my best friend and I stopped crying. So to make a super long, how did I become a spiritual healer short? It was, I started as one, I lost it due to life, trauma, depression, sadness, abuse, pain, and turned off. And then I quit crying, quit feeling. And so in an attempt to me to crack myself back open, I decided to go and learn how to be a Reiki master around the age of 24 or 25. So that was really Reiki was the first, you know, I did the, the first and second level all the way through master, which um, for those of you listening that don't know master just means that then now you can initiate other people into the healing practice. And then just over the years, I, I will, if you ask a lot of our friends, like I've healed, I'll do healings in bars just randomly. You know, if I feel like somebody's dark or in a weird place, I'm like, okay, let's go sit down. I'm going to clear you. Um, not that that is totally advised, but I've been working with it long enough that I feel okay doing it, but you know, and I think that now as I get a little bit further in, I feel, I feel called to be a healer so that the energy that comes through me when I'm near other people helps and impacts them. Mm. Right. So oh that's gosh. kind of how, yeah. Wow. And I think and everybody that can do it, you know, yeah. everybody, we all have that. We all can be healers. It's, it's inherent. It's just blocked, turned off or um, inaccessible to us. Wow. And you guys, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm always sitting out here with a little notebook, writing things down. So I make sure I'm getting all of these nuggets to reiterate to you guys, because especially when you're talking about this concept of the thoughts and beliefs with, with the spiritual healing, mm -hmm. and then having it be blocked and turned off because, you know, when you're when, especially when you mentioned going through these different things, like you started out having it as a young age and then lost it through, through the abuse, lost it. And then at 24, got back into Reiki and doing that, those kind of different things, which I think is so amazing and so interesting. And that's actually very true because I'm sitting here listening and I'm sitting here listening to you kind of go back into this journey and share mm -hmm. these different pieces. And I'm like, wow, that 
that sounds a lot like what I can relate to. Like when you said yeah. dialing this back and turning it down. So you're not so like <laughs> mm-hmm. when you get in, get in front of different places or environments or people, but that's so powerful, especially when you talk about these beliefs and, and I would love for you kind of to get into like, so basically at a, at a point when you weren't, when you didn't have access to this stuff anymore and you weren't practicing this, when it comes down to like a daily routine that you have or habits in place, how did that impact the dots that were coming across and the beliefs that you were having in yourself? And what was that effect like in your, in your life? I think I just allowed myself for a lot of years to be broken, to Mm -hmm. be sad and in a dark place and using drugs and drinking. And there was a long, there was a lot of my life where I didn't necessarily remember this side of myself. And Mm -hmm. I always have this sentence um, or this doctrine of thought that I really believe. And that's, there is part free will, the free will to where do I want to live? Who do I want to date? But I believe in some capacity. and, And as I get older and more evolved, this belief system changes and evolves. I believe on some, on some level, I decided to be here. I believe we all asked to be here. We begged to be here. Believe it or not, there's a line of souls out the door that would love to be here on earth and have this experience. And I believe the ones who got chosen are here to potentially help raise the, the consciousness of the entire planet. So that being said, the reason I bring that up is because people like you, like you're a healer, I'm a healer. We are always going to be called back to that journey. I just think sometimes we we lose the manual. We're like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I'm completely lost. But one of the the upsides and the downsides is if it, let's just say the dark side exists, let's say lower frequencies, the devil, whatever you want to call it. Not that I'm saying it does or doesn't, but let's say that is real. They're going to potentially waste as much of your time as they possibly can. So I'll always tell my friends, I go, I'm not even over here fighting against the devil. I'm over here fighting against the time wasting, the sadness, the low vibrations, the the moments where you don't even want to get out of bed, because that is how they attack people like you and I. That's what I believe. So that's kind of how I feel. I feel like I was really open and available and it got scary. And I felt like it was, it was a side of the world that I didn't know. And I don't know if you've ever had paranormal experiences or anything, but it's very intense when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, middle finger, no way. And Mm -hmm. I just turned, I was like, off, let's go turn it off. And then now I got really strong and none of that stuff happens to me anymore. And I think that I was always going to get back here. Mm -hmm. And you brought up Arizona entrepreneurs and, and Devin and Devin and I met before he even appeared here, but that was just the perfect example of like a path that was coming. It was going to come and I was going to get back on the yellow brick road back to my, you know, and (laughs) now all of our friends are so incredible and spiritual and I can be, I can be as weird as I want. Nobody's going to say anything, (laughs) but I think that it's more like you're turned off, whether that's by dark energy or whether that's by your own choice and maybe a combo of both. And then depending on what your purpose is and what the prayer is, you are, you're going to be, you're going to be turned back on, whether it's death, illness, you know, losing a job, losing a spouse. I just, I don't think that if you're meant to be awake, that you can stay asleep. I Mm -hmm. think you can try (laughs) like Lord knows I tried. (laughs) I know you tried too. And, uh, it was always just this little voice like, yeah, no, maybe we shouldn't have that last drink or maybe we shouldn't date that boy or maybe we should, you know, but I thought, you know, I'm going to plug my ears and ignore it. But now it's why I get uncomfortable if I ignore it. Like now it's so loud. It's like, you can't. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And just the evolution to that, just hearing you break down all those pieces, a big word that came up for me from hearing you mention all this was shame. 
shame with the stigma of anything related to, you know, when we're talking about grief or loss or trauma, or even your mental health or mental illness or whatever diagnosis or not you've been told, or you're, you're thinking about, you know, having that internally, that is mm-hmm. you as an obstacle that's stopping you from connecting and from, yeah. you know, being able to have these conversations. And like you said, keeping you in that low vibrational state where you don't want to wake up, you don't want to do these mm-hmm. things. You don't want to, you know, cause I remember that was a time for me when, you know, I very, very, very difficult to get up, to do things, to be, yes. you know, want to want to go into rooms. Absolutely not. Just could yeah. not. And you, and just hearing you share that, I was like, oh my goodness. It's, and it is. And like you said, you try to stay that way and I'm, I need to stay mm-hmm. asleep. But then when you're finally able to break through that and that's the key, right. Is being able to do that, to really be that voice and that light for others mm-hmm. who can see that in you. And they say, wow, you know, like, why can't I, you know, start this some way in some capacity, this journey or this conversation to really move myself out of this in some way, in some form, because this person is doing this. And it's, that's exactly what you provided when you were up there on that stage, speaking with Nick about your story, because I know me and I don't know, everyone else in the audience was crying. And I'm like, are you guys crying? (laughs) You cry. Your makeup looks pretty good, but I don't know. And I'm just like, cause it's like, how can you not feel that when now I'm so open to it, but there, I definitely feel you when you're talking about the blocks of, yeah, I don't want to go there and I don't have the, I feel like it's almost at the capacity because you really are kind of telling yourself like, you know, this is how it's been and this is how, how it has happened and like the progression and how are you going to stop yourself? Because, I mean, I don't know if you were like one of the, the Tumblr people, the Tumblr, Tumblr people back in the day, but I know I, I, I came across my old account and just when you can go, mm. it's like, like you can scroll back and see kind of like how you, and I'm like, I was like crying. I'm like, is this really what I used to think that? Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. goodness. And it's, it's so eye-opening when, and this is what these conversations are all about is just accessing the solutions that you've come across when you're talking about this work, when you're talking about this healing and getting into Reiki and changing your environments and your relationships and your habits and your thinking and diving. Yes. And diving Mm. deeper into, into actually learning about these things and reading more. Like you talked a lot about quantum physics and I, and I even saw a really good video that you actually did actually YouTube video where you were interviewing, I think it was one of your ex-boyfriends and having this conversation. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, this is so, see, like this is these conversations, like it's so important. So when you, and I would just, I mean, it's just, is that kind of what the progression, I guess the progression has been like for you for coming out of that space. And like, Mm -hmm. like, what do you do today to maintain that? It's a great question. So I think that you're the perfect person to have this conversation with, because I want to start by saying, I myself was medicated for severe mental health issues, suicide. Like when I, not a lot of people know this, but my first suicide attempt was when I was in fourth grade and I didn't get to the point of ending up in a hospital, but I was literally sitting there with the option. And that's a story for another day. But I remember being so scared by that pain. And when I look back at it now, as in my thirties, I think I had severe neglect. I had severe criticism. I was completely alone in a, in a family of five, like surrounded by people felt so alone and incredibly unhappy parents. It bleeds into the psyche and the soul of a child. Mm-hmm. So you and I, um, the first time we bonded, we talked about mental health and it is such an important thing to note that before I say any of this, 
there are, I believe, people who it's a chemical imbalance that is not necessarily environmental. And I do think that people are probably born on this earth. And this is your this is your specialty, right? That mm -hmm. they just have a chemical disadvantage and that's their scenario. And so that's not the group of people that I'm addressing when I move forward, because for me, it was very much environmental. Mm -hmm. And there are still to this day in the life that I've built, there are moments and um, the hours, sometimes maybe it's not even a day or a week, but there are hours sometimes where I can go back to that version of myself. And I think we've left her behind, but the medication for me was needed because I couldn't stay in a place where I didn't want to die. Like I, mm -hmm. I just did not want to be on earth. And for me, environment was a big part of that. And I can do as much as much prayer and energy healing as I want, but until I actually changed the people in my life, meaning not that there was anything wrong with anyone at any particular time, but highly incompatible to the way that I needed to be loved, I would have done as many. It's like you're sitting in a Maserati and there's no gas in the car. Like I was in the Maserati, I had all of the tools, but there's no gas. And the gas for me now is people that, like our friend group, that's they're mm -hmm. so positive that even when you have a bad day or you don't, you know, you don't feel hundred percent, you can recalibrate. So for me, I just, I was just in, in the muck. And I think what I did was, um, I cut everybody out mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily what every other person might have to do. To be honest, there's three of them. I can think of them right now. I didn't want them to leave. I was devastated. I can think of three in particular. I'm like, no, like, please mm -hmm. don't. But I was still on some level, as I said to you, I think the great healers and leaders of our time, and a lot of the people we know, right, we are all on this planet to a lot of our friends and people listening to this, you know who you are. Mm -hmm. That's what we're here for. We're going to be drugged. I believe we're going to be drugged back there. And sometimes these people just had to be removed. So for me, it was kind of just lifting off some of those thorns and pulling out the shards of glass from my body. <laughs> and then I felt better. So there's, there's so many different answers to that. I think, I think there was phases in my life where I quit drinking and I, you know, I really dialed in and I dove so deep into the pain. I would mm -hmm. say there's probably six month periods of time where you would not have wanted to be in the same room as me because I was an absolute sad panda, <laughs> but it's like, and you know, I know you've had the phase too. It's like, I just said, all right, fine. Someone told me once, if I just feel it for 90 seconds, it'll go away. And I did that over and over and over and over like a broken record. And I think eventually it'll alleviate, it alleviated. And then I was like, okay, it alleviates a little more and a little more. And then eventually I'm like, okay, I feel good. I feel better. And I started to get, I could breathe again. So, oh my God, that's what I think. That's what I would say. That was a long answer, but <laughs> no, that, especially when you talked about the incompatible with the native, the way that you needed to be loved, because yes. I love that you brought that up because sometimes when we think about cutting people out. I know for, I, and when you brought that up, that there's three people that you cut out, that was very, very challenging. That same exact thing for me. And I, and I, it's like, you cling to them, but I feel like it's not, you're clinging to the person you're clinging to yeah. what, what they have inside of them, that it's, 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 it's keeping that inside of you. And you guys are both, whether it's, I know, I don't know what, what it was, but especially when you talked about the drinking part, that was something that yeah. was very, big for me too, that now it's like, I, I have two drinks and I have a really bad hangover and I can't even 
it's like ridiculous. I'm like, what happened? What happened to her? But it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's called, yeah. it's called growth. <laughs> like, yeah, funny. That, yeah. but it's, it's real because especially when, and I love how you also talked about in, in that as well, when you get into diving into the pain and allowing yourself to feel that because for so long, like you mentioned the neat, when, when you were struggling with these different things and having been heavily medicated, because that was also yeah. my reality as well. But I also love about that is that you don't discount like you know, the, like with the chemical imbalances and like the environmental factors, like you're not like, okay, it's, you know, just this, because I know in my journey, you know, it's definitely been a struggle with, you know, I've been on misdiagnosed, all these different things, these different medicines and, you know, for, to struggle with, like, I want to, you know, completely get off this and take nothing. But then it's like, it's just like, it's, yeah, it's a very big struggle. So I love I love that you, you bring that up to maintain that. Um, because I'd love to at, like, kind of walk, like hear you walk me through, like, what did that look like for you when you talk about, cause when you talked about diving into the pain that brought up a lot mm. of what I did to really, mm. you know, with, with writing my book, with going back to those things, like, like a lot of it was dug up and brought up and going, yeah. literally going back into therapy just for that. Mm. So I'd love to hear from you. Like, what did that process look like for you of diving into that pain? Yeah, that's a great question. So I had, I had a lot of, and you heard some of this in the podcast, I had a lot of very traumatic things happen in my life. But the funny thing is, if I were to write a list of all the things that had happened to me that were a tragedy, someone would read the PowerPoint or the bullet point list and go, oh my goodness, like, how is she here? The funny thing is the things that some of those things that happened, they hit me later or they impacted me in the long term, but in the moment, they didn't necessarily tear me down. Um, if I, and, and it's funny cause we're, we're very close now, but I had a boyfriend for through about three years and he was really the, I hid, let me start over. I hid my damaged soul very well mm-hmm. up until the end of 2018. I hid it so well. I was already a year into my first company. I was, I was doing great on the outside, but on the inside, it was fragile. It was all an, a facade. And I met him and through this perfectly aligned journey we took together, there were, his life kept ripping him out of mine. And, you know, to this day now connecting with him is like very neutral. We're friends. But I remember when we broke up, which was a lot of people actually watched me go through this last year. I never had felt pain like that in my entire life. And it was like the pain of losing my best friend, the pain of losing my father and the pain of just being unloved my whole life all in one moment. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling someone and saying, not only can I, am I not going to be okay tomorrow? I can't get off the ground. I can't even fly to you. Like I need you to come get me. And it was, it was almost like stupefied tragedy of pain. And I even remember looking back now and I can look at it in such a neutral space. I, first of all, in that moment thought I need therapy. The -hmm. fact that this person and the way that he left too was so, we talked about it for 48 hours. It was agreed upon. It was like, you know, we are incompatible. I need to go here. You need to go there. You want this. I want this. It wasn't like anything cheating or negative or abuse or anything like that. It just, the relationship ended. And I remember laying there going, I should not be this sad for someone moving out of my space. And that was, it was such a wake up call to me. And I thank God that he existed because he was the first person that I fell so deeply in love with that the loss of that connection destroyed me. 
And, you know, probably took me a good six months. I, I, I got the same therapist then. I've been with her almost two years now. Mm-hmm. And she keeps trying to graduate me now. She's like, girl, you're good. Like, can you? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but you're like my friend at this point. So I'm just going to keep coming. But um, so she just graduated me to once a month. She goes, you're going, you're done. You're good. Like, we're good now. But um, so I think I would say that that's what did it. And I think for anyone listening, you know, there are moments that maybe people are going through right now. Maybe they already did. You can remember a moment where everything burned to the ground. It's an unavoidable tragedy that undoubtedly makes you better if you let it, comma, if you let it, because we can also go back to bad vices or a second relationship or whatever. And I thought, I never, ever, ever, ever want someone to look at me and say, I don't want to date you anymore. I don't want you to be my girlfriend anymore. This isn't right. And move out of my house and not go, okay, it's been really lovely. Obviously I'm sad. You're my best friend, but I wish you happiness. That's, that's the healthy, secure response. (laughs) And then anxious attachment style is it's a death level abandonment. And so that's where I started learning about attachment styles. And once I fixed that, it's been a lot easier for me to be okay. Cause it was this monster that was living in me. Like, don't leave, mm-hmm. don't abandon me. And so I think that it, for me, it was against my will. <laughs> my, <laughs> my greatest healing was COVID and then the loss of that relationship all in the same six month period. So, Oh my gosh. No, but that's, I love the way that you put that, especially when you ended it right with everything. When you talk about thinking back to this moment in your life, like where everything burned to the ground, but like you said, it can make you, make you better if you let it. And that's, that's so beautiful because that's, it's true. Like when I think back to these scenarios, right. Very, very similar to you, actually, when you talk about that relationship, um, actually for me, something same, like literally like where it's like anxious, anxious attachment, then completely avoidant. And then it's like, you can't just be in the middle. You can't just like, there's no new, it's like, I have to be this or extreme. And it's always like the extremes. And it's, it's so beautiful when you can look back on that and then, and still be like, I learned this from that. And I was able to grow, but not with like, you know, even with the, like just things that were you know, so bad, especially when you're talking about like sexual assault and things like that. And like thinking like this happened to me and like, I went through this experiences, but what, but what, what did that do? Like, I'm speaking about it and Mm. and talking about it because, you know, trying to help others. But I love that you bring that up because the pain of losing that was like you said, like your best friend and you all, and you also brought up the way in which it happened too, which wasn't like this um, crazy disastrous thing. Like he cheated, Mm -mm. this happened, you know, you've had this conversation 48 hours, agreed to this, but then still having that, because I know for me, like, that's definitely something that, you know, for me, like in with, with relationships, almost like, you know, like, you know, having to like have this and it's so, such a dependence. And if it isn't there, like, I can't wake up, I can't like breathe anymore. And it's, yeah. and it's hard to like, to like actually take the time, like, and like, I really, really similar to what you did, you know, doing research on this, right. Like learning about this. Okay. okay. Why am I, you know, what does this mean? You know, and going back to that, on those unhealed traumas that you brought up, like you literally yeah. mentioned this, you know, having that severe, severe neglect, severe criticism, unhappy parents, and like having that bleed through when you were growing up and seeing that, because it's very true. And even sometimes when you can't see it, you know, like in different things that I've experienced where you don't see it on the outside, but then you realize later that this is really the reality. And you're like, what? Like, I thought this was this. And it's like, and then you're like, what is, what has my life been? And then just really being able to say, okay, what is my role in this? And what is my, 
responsibility, like moving forward. Like, what can I do with this? Because like you said, you can either let that continue and, it's, and it is hard, you know, it's not, it's not easy work. So it's not, it's not like, it I feel like, and it takes, and it's like, again, once you do it, it's still about the steps of maintaining that, which you mentioned, which is yes. comes down to the relationships and the habits yes. that you have in place and doing the work that you're doing and building other people's up, people up and uplifting other people and showing them that, you know, what you've been able to create and do this, that the fact that other people can do that as well. And it's amazing because, you know, like I remember, I remember the first, the first time we met, I think we were in the elevator going up to Devin. Oh, yeah. And I remember I was like, who's this girl with the pink? I was like the tips. And then I was like, she's yeah. so like, just like, just, you were just so inviting in a way. Cause I feel like I'm always like the one who's like, I'm going to go say hi to people. I'm going to go like, hi, hi, hi. Yeah. Like, I don't know you yet, but hi, what's up? How, how's your day and everything. And you were like that with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, who is this? And then I was like, wow. Like, cause I, I just could feel it. I don't know what it was, but I just like, I was like something like with, with mm-hmm. the way that you were, I was like, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like it's going to resonate a lot with me. And I love that you are so willing to do that, especially on a level when we're talking about vulnerability for mental health and diving into this. So like, I love if you can kind of, you know, share a little bit too, like for, for someone who just wants to like learn about this and get started with spiritual, like, what would you say to that person? Yeah. Okay. I love that you said that. Cause what I was thinking is, you know, to put into application, a lot of the things we've been talking about, I guess it is, it's not necessarily air quote spiritual, but to learn Mm -hmm. about attachment styles, to learn what, what what we're talking about for anyone listening who feels really drawn, like your relationships are a push pull, hot, cold, you're either consistently anxious or you feel like you're shutting down. So one of the things that my partner of, of three years and I got obsessed with was this, and now we both have navigated into a secure space. So everyone falls on a continuum secure being in the middle. And then you have avoidant on one end, meaning you're, you really crave intimacy. Both people crave intimacy, but avoidant people, when they experience it, they shut down and get scared. Their nervous system does it for them. It's not a conscious choice. And then anxious people, a natural, normal experience with someone will make them feel anxious. Like they need to gravitate towards them even harder. So this, there's a book called attached, which is how I started learning about this. And you talk about when you met me, how you felt something. Mm -hmm. What we're all trying to do is clear out our cup, right? Like my cup was full of muddy, anxious attachment water. And I, when people would come in my space, let's say they were someone who has a secure attachment style. If you have a breakup with somebody and you're a secure attachment style, you're able to still care about them. You're able to still function that week. You're able to, even if sad, you're able to understand logically the reasons in which the relationship needs to end and you maintain friendship with the person usually. So if you want to know, am I, am I in a secure connection or a secure partnership, which I know you are like, I met your fiance (laughs) now and, and I'm sure you're like shaking your head because you're like, Oh, I've had the opposite. And now you're talking about, it's like, I'm choosing you because I choose you. And then those relationships usually don't disintegrate because you're choosing the person from that pure place. And, um, anyways, so I would say attachment is the underlying glue in which we're all dating from. Mm -hmm. And for me, dating avoidance, people who shut down in intimate moments, people who have a hard time um, expressing their feelings, it makes me become incredibly anxious. And so if I'm with someone who's secure, I become secure because I'm very close to that secure. But if I accidentally choose a partner and you'll look for these, these signs by I'm sitting in a date and I feel very, very anxious. I feel very on edge. I feel like I'm trying to make them like me. 
And an avoidant person would sit there and go, I'm scared. I feel a little smothered. I wonder if she's going to take away my free time. Like she knows that I don't have enough time for relationship, right? Maybe I should just remind her that I don't want a girlfriend right now. So it's these conversations that when you pay attention, I, and I'm also avoidant. So 5% or so they say have both. It's Mm -hmm. where one caretaker was really clingy and one was completely absentee. And then you get what's called like proxy. That's like what you just Mm -hmm. described having both which is a really fun time. So to wrap all of that up, I feel like no matter how spiritual you are, relationships are the container for healing. You find the right partner, the right love partner, the right spiritual person, whether that's a best friend or a a romantic connection, you heal. So when you remove your attachment wound, your attachment trauma, find a hold me tight therapist. And it can also be called like um, an EFT, emotional freedom technique therapist. It will clear out all the bullshit. So that you're able to find the partners that are going to spiritually, emotionally heal your sad, abused little eight-year-old that just mm-hmm. needs love. Otherwise, and we all know, we see 40, 50-year-old men starting their life over, going back to date 20 or 30-year-old women. And, and women get so triggered by this, but it's like they're doing it to relive a piece of themselves that they're now ready to heal. And it, you know, we get so mad about that, but it's like a lot of times men, they completely shut down. They lose mm-hmm. decades of their life because they choose the wrong partner. And then they feel loyal to the kids and then they'll stay there for whatever. Uh, so there's a lot that goes before becoming like spiritual and doing spiritual healing is there's a lot of logical things we can do to evaluate why is my life like this? And then working with healers and stuff to kind of strengthen your decision-making process. I'm still attracted to avoidant people. Mm-hmm. It's happening right now. You know, I'm still in that place where I go, Brittany, that feeling, that anxious feeling. That's a no, that's a no, you know, mm-hmm. better, you know, and, and, and the conscious awareness of it <laughs> keeps me from making decisions. And so, yeah, that's amazing that's- though, that, that you have that now, because that's something that for me, like I never even had the awareness, like I had to work mm-hmm. to get it to be like, oh, okay, now you're doing that thing where you're going to sabotage what you're trying to do. And it's like, it's, yeah. it's when you do this and you start doing the research and doing the work and getting around more of these people and having more of these conversations, it almost does be almost become like a healthy addiction. Like you're, I'm into learning, and like growing yeah. instead of like running away distraction and having like that facade that you mentioned, which I did the same thing where I would go into relationships yep. and it's like, wow, she's great. And then it's like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. what? Like, and yeah, same, yeah. <laughs> same one. Like, okay. Um, but same thing. So oh, I yeah. absolutely love everything that you have said and brought to the table. Like I literally have this entire page, like doodle covered (laughs) everything. Like I'm going to put on, put in the notes for sure, because I mean, you guys, her story is just so incredible and so powerful. And these tips, I I definitely encourage you to check this out and and do research on this. If you feel called in these areas, if you're experiencing these different things, like in your life or anywhere in your life in your relationships, whatever it is, if you just want to learn more and see how to, how can I apply these strategies to things that I've gone through, or maybe a friend that you have, or someone you care about that is going through something that you want to learn how to be more supportive and understanding, definitely encourage you to check into these things that she mentioned of Reiki, sound healing, EFT, doing the research on these different topics, going to a cute little bookstore, checking out Amazon, whatever you want to do, looking up some hashtags on Instagram, whatever your jam is. So, and the last thing I want to ask you, I love asking everyone this because everyone always has a great answer. That's always so different. So mm-hmm. if you could tell me, Britt, the one thing that you are doing right now to master your mental, what does that look like? I love that you. Okay. So before, when you were halfway through that sentence, I kept hearing the word pray, pray, 
pray. And I was like, okay, I'm supposed to tell them to pray. So I think that the, the bypass, right. The magic ticket, the train ticket to a better life is prayer because we can't see the whole board. We can't see the whole game. We only are seeing one stair, one stair step. We don't see the whole staircase. So I think mastering your mental, like if you spent a whole week with me, you wouldn't see the cracks in my foundation. You'd have a great time. We'd fall in love with each other in, you know, in a friendship sense. And we would go back to our lives and be like, that was a really powerful week. But that doesn't still mean that there's not still work to be done for myself, especially, right? Especially severe trauma. I mean, it haunts you. Mm-hmm. And there are still specific incidences where you'll be tripped back in. But I think like the prayer, the prayer piece is so important for me because even if I feel really, really, really bad, I can say, please, like, I just hand this over. Just please, just please put me, put me in. I want to feel better. I want to experience joy. I want to be happy. And that, that helps me because whereas before I I was living in a victim energy, oh no, so-and-so left or, oh no, I'm broke Mm -hmm. or, oh no, I'm this, you know, I was victim. Whereas now I think, oh, well, so-and-so must have left because I prayed that I wanted to be happier. And Mm -hmm. "Hmm, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Something better Mm -hmm. must be coming. And ment- think about your mental health. What do we, what is the worst feeling? One of them is helplessness. Oh God. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's nothing quite like that. When you think I have nothing and no one and I'm alone and this is awful. And so I think that that's where prayer is. It's empowering. And and I always say, I'm like, whether it's true or whether it's not true, mm-hmm. that's not the conversation. Does prayer work? Does prayer not work? That's not the conversation. I'm not forcing people into it. I'm saying it makes you feel better. And that's really the goal. And I say, if I get to the end of my life and somebody says all this stuff that you've been talking about with your purple hair and your bullshit and your glitter is all fake. I'm going to say, I lived a better life because I, because I fully believed it because I prayed because I, you know, stopped and I I believed in a higher power. And I said, just help me, please, please help me. So I, I, if nothing else, if you don't have access to, you know, to the right therapist or the medication or the treatment that you need, just pray and pray like crazy. And I believe, I believe that. No, that is so powerful. And I love that you shared that and express that in a way that everyone can tap into and have that moment to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, any time of the day, Mm -hmm. whenever it is to get that out there and just to do that, because when these things start to come into our life and then when people are leaving and different things are moving around, like you said, you prayed, you asked for this and it's coming, mm-hmm. but it might always not always look like the way that you think it's going to look like, because like you said, we only see one stair step. We don't see the whole staircase. Okay. So that's yeah. how it is. So absolutely. Yeah. And again, okay. One more thing. Tell everyone, where can they find more of a Brit Shane? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And I have, I have a, I have a 30 second thing that I want to add on to the yes. Too. Um, yes, 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 yes. So I just want to say this, they're intuitively telling me to, to say that I'll give you an example of my life right now. So I was talking to one of my coaches and I, I had been manifesting something specific for the month of April and it never goes two weeks without me having something going on, like a training or something that's, I do tattoo training. That's how I make my money. And mm-hmm. I said, this is so weird. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And I'm like, it's not coming the specific thing that I was asking for. And she said, you are so tired. You are so burnt out. She goes, stop asking. The universe is trying to give you some space. Mm-hmm. And this was a week ago. And guess what? I woke up two days ago and I think you probably saw me post. I'm like, I have never been so tired. Like my body, I went to bed, I think at like 8 PM last night. Mm-hmm. And my body in advance said, Britt, you can't work this week. So this is like the first week in the history of time. I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a gray schedule. There's nothing mm-hmm. there. And, and my, my, and my coach said, it, if, if May is busy and March was insane and April's chill, 
you need chill. Like, will you stop asking? They're trying to give you a nap, you know? So sometimes I think you're praying, if you're praying and it's not coming, sometimes it's just not, it's not meant for you. It's not what's in the highest good. So if you add at the end or something better or for my highest good, you'll always be like in the vein. But oh my gosh, yes. you can find me at Brit underscore Shane, B R I T underscore S H A N E on Instagram. And yes. or you can email me hello at BritShane.com. And yeah, look forward to helping you guys talking to yes. you. Yes, we love it. <laughs> we love it. We love it. We love it. And again, I want to say a big thank you to you guys for being here, tuning in and listening to these incredible tips and stories and being here because it means the world to me and I can't express it in words. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope that you have an amazing rest of the day or night, whatever time it is that you're listening. And I got to say bye to Brit as well. And thank you for being here. So love you guys. And bye. Bye. All right, guys, that was the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to become a guest or share your thoughts, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email at hello at masteringmental.com or you can DM me on Instagram at masteryourmental, where you can also find a link in my bio that you can use to find me on all of my other social media platforms. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to the Master Your Mental podcast. Have a good one, guys. Bye.